Howdy, and welcome back to the FPL Jingo. Uh, we have a we have a super exciting episode for you, but uh, what we're going to jump straight into is uh, the fantastic and brilliant, and in some ways harrowing matchup between the Steves. Uh, I'm not sure if I a name for when two Steves come together, like you know the way you have a murder of crows. Maybe you have a, a Stevening of Steves or something. But uh, we had a we, we had we we had a cracker over the weekend, basically. Um, if you could sum it up in a word to start with, Steve. Um, first of all, thanks for the intro. On appreciate that. Um, gutted probably be the one word I would use to describe it. But obviously, I, from my perspective, it would be. But Steve would obviously have another word for it. Yeah. Uh, Joy. Uh, I, light. I'm. Uh, God. I'm here in body but not in spirit. On a part of me, uh, part of me died that night when when, the, when this result came in, and it's <laughs> uh, it's still not easy to talk about. But we'll, uh, I'll I'll try my best, and that's all anyone can ask of me. It, it was, from my point of view, it was the perfect matchup because like I'd had a little bit of a rough encounter with Cahill, but I got over that, and then like Sunday evening, it was all over. And I got a message from you Sunday morning, basically, like, you had five or six lads to play, you were seven points ahead of Steve, and I was like, he'd want, you'd, yeah, you'd want to be unfortunate not to get this this over the line. Yeah. And as the day progressed, like, there's so many little things that occurred, and, and well, the twist at the end... Will I, will I, just, <laughs> will I just run through, like, the, the, the results from the weekend, or not the results, but will I run through, like... Our, our matchup as it happened. A day by day, please. So the first day, right, was Chelsea West Ham. Obviously, Chelsea lost. I had Reese James, he had Mendy. So that was not too bad. Like, neither of us really gained anything there. Then it was the Newcastle game, the Liverpool game. Crit- critically, here, Thiago Silva on your bench. I was going to get to that on. You're kind of spoiling the story for oh, me okay. as I tell it. So, good man. Oh, well, if you're gonna make me go on the podcast and talk about it, at least let me talk about it the way I want to. Um, so then you had the you had the Liverpool game. No, no, there'll be abuse. <laughs> I'm sure. You had the Liverpool game. You had the uh, the Newcastle game, and you had the Southampton Brighton game. So the Newcastle game went in my favour. I had Callum Wilson scoring a goal. The Liverpool game also went in my favour in that I had double Liverpool defence and I had Salah for an assist. Where it went against Steve was that he had Jota, who went through clean on goal, two defenders on the line, and hit somehow hit the ball at Connor Cody instead of scoring. Um, and then as well as that, Southampton scored to take away his Tariq Lamptey clean sheet. So it was looking good. Like, And then the City game happened. Uh, Foden got an assist for him. I lost out on a clean sheet for Cancelo. At the end of it, I was about seven points up coming after the Saturday, and Steve was kind of messaging me like, oh, I've written this weekend off, and I've been right every single time I've said it. But I was thinking seven points is not never enough, um, especially with the amount of games left to be played, and I was kind of proven right. So then we kind of moved into the Sunday then. Um, it was the two o'clock games, which were... Um, United, Palace, uh, Spurs, Norwich, and uh, Leeds, Brentford. The only really interesting one there was the um, Spurs game because Steve had 
uh, Emerson Royale, who didn't play for him, which then meant Mikel Antonio would come in for him, who had five points off the bench. Um, oh, and then he, and then when we got to the Leicester game, then uh, he had Barnes for seven. So I was thinking, and then I had Madison, who only got one. And then I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm in a bit of trouble here. And then I was thinking, well, it's not too bad as long as Jamie Vardy doesn't come on. I'll get Thiago Silva in for seven. And of course, Vardy fucking came on and did fuck all. So at that stage then, it was, it was, Steve was ahead because he also had, um, who did he also have coming off his bench? Uh, Ivan Tony didn't play. You, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned the Barnes, the seven point. Yeah, there. sorry, that, that, that was, was a sub, sub. Yeah, points. that was his yeah, sub. Yeah. So, so he got two subs in, which for points, which was uh, Antonio and Barnes. So that that was putting him up. So it all came down to the final day then, which was the the Everton and uh, United. Uh, sorry, Everton and Arsenal game. Apologies, and uh, I needed Rams. Well, he, I had Ramsdale. I had Ramsdale. He had Ben White. He had Saka. I had Smith Rowe. So unless Smith Rowe did something and Saka uh, stayed quiet and their Arsenal conceded a goal, um, it wasn't looking good for me. But then Smith Rowe wasn't playing; he wasn't in the squad. So I was like, Grant, I have Thiago Silva coming on, seven points off my bench, perfect. And then things went the way that I needed them to in the game. Arsenal conceded, um, Saka did nothing, and then Ramsdale in the 96th minute got his third save of the game to give me a a save point, which I thought would give me a 37-36 win over Steve. And then when we go to the subs and set, execute the subs, I forget the fact that in FPL, you have to have a minimum of two midfielders, otherwise it's an illegal formation. So instead of Thiago Silva coming in for me, Jaden Sancho came in for me for three points, and I lost 36-33. And as if that wasn't bad enough, I had Jared Bowen on my bench for 10 points as my other midfielder. So if I just set my, my subs bench a little differently it wouldn't have even been a, a commotion it wouldn't have even been a story like but it was because uh, everyone forgot about the formation bit and everyone was like ah yeah like back and forth back and forth which way is it going to go and I thought I had it and I was oh, I, I sat on the couch for about half an hour afterwards just kind of like what the fuck <laughs> I was distraught the I like like the save point was was the ridiculous ending to it. It was the the one point win when yeah. Thiago Silva came on in the in the, after ninety minutes, and and that was the ridiculous victory. And and then when the subs happened, I tell you one thing: if if Hamilton and Verstappen's final goes anything like this at the weekend, it'll be absolutely fucking glorious. I got some fucking crack out of this fixture. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, did, especially. <laughs> Especially when it was Arsenal Everton, uh, there's something special about the two E having you know two Arsenal players each mm. and goals conceded and and so so jeez it had it all. <laughs> Arsenal uh, conceded the first goal and Connell tough. turned to me in the in the in the living room and he said, "I'm tempted to tell the chat that you started fist pump in the air," and I said, "You're some cunt," because <laughs> I was like, I did not celebrate Arsenal conceding a goal, but I mean, I knew it would help me out fantasy wise, but. <laughs> yeah, so um, ah, day it's been nearly twenty four hours now. I'm still not over it, and 
yeah, that's kind of where I'd like to leave it for the moment, though, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. Um, I think you summed it up fairly well there. It was just so nail-biting for the whole the whole of Monday evening. I was keeping a very close eye on it. It was the whole um, weekend, because it yeah, was will, all back and forth. Like, Will you be dropping Sancho? I, te- I did text Steve and saying, out of spite, I was tempted to drop Sancho for Fred. <laughs> I decided not well, to. All right, well, I haven't. Well, I decided not to at the time, but you never know. Like, could still, could still. No, I just need to. Well, it'll be tough to see him on your on your lineup, uh, there, even if he's down third sub spot. Yeah, like, well, look, I I can't really blame him too much. Like, I I I, it's not so much that Steve beat me. I beat myself. I set the wrong lineup, and then I set my sub bench wrong. But in my defence, I don't think anyone really anticipated Jared Bowen popping off against that Chelsea defence. But uh, yeah, look, that's the way fantasy football goes sometimes. As as often quoted, a cruel mistress. The old fantasy football, uh, tremendous entertainment in in Monday evening for for all the fantasy viewers. Uh, <laughs> Monday night, Monday yeah, night, Steve. Steve. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll move us on to our met, or I'll move us on to my matchup with Cal. So I I I thought I'd had a cracker myself. Uh, a forty five forty three versus Cal Connolly here. A two point victory in the end. Uh, my day was was decided on Sunday, so I went in. So I'll, I'll tell you what the returns were. I I had Allison and Dyer for two clean sheets. I had Bernardo Silva for twelve. I had Son for nine. And uh, that's it. I had uh, Gabriel for one, Diaz for two, Lamptey for two, Laporte for two, Kaya Verts for one, Ronaldo and Mane also got two. And and to bring it down through Cahill, he had Thiago Silva for seven. He had Mason Mount for ten. Callum Wilson for six and Raheem Sterling for six. So kind of similar to the the Steve's lineup there, you know. Like Cahill got his Chelsea returns when I got nothing. Uh, so then on Sunday I had my City and Spurs boys do me a job. I went into Sunday ten points down, but outscored Cahill. I think like seventeen points to six, which left me one point up. And also with Gabriel to play, he could have got a red there on Monday, but he didn't. He he got the one point, giving me the two-point cushion. So, um, pleased with how the team is kind of performing. It was nice to get a 45 in a week where the scores were quite low uh, in general. Like, one, two, three, four, six. Six people broke the 40-point barrier. So, uh, wasn't looking too bad. Anything catch your eye in this matchup, Steve? Um, Bilva continues to return two goals from him in that game was pretty good Son then obviously had a nice return there Um, but I mean like you know bar that like bar those two big scores like there wasn't really much like Eric Dyer and Allison clean sheets but I mean Gabriel for one Diaz for two Lamptey for two Laporte for two Havertz for one Ronaldo for two Mane for two like it was more it was um you were kind of relying on your on your important players to score big, and and they were able to do that. Whereas, Cahill was maybe a little bit more spread out. Wilson for six, Sterling for six, Mount for ten, uh, Thiago Silva for seven. Like obviously, like he he got the three points for Bilva, or sorry, not Bilva, uh, Bruno and Sancho. But um, yeah, like he's he's doing well this this year. Um, so uh, yeah, you'll be get you'll be happy anytime you can get a win over Cahill, especially seeing as he absolutely slapped Connell uh, the last time round. 
yeah, I, I, as I mentioned in the pod last week, I knew I had a battle on my hands. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good good when you know I didn't get the city clean sheet and I didn't get Ronaldo or Mane doing anything. Man is kind of been out of form. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, delighted to get the win. Um, I'll run us down through the rest of the league. So um, yeah, first first fixture of the week was myself versus Cahill, forty five forty three. Connell almost put three times uh, on Dylan's score on him, sixty twenty one. Connor Skeen beat Porrick Sheehan, 46-38. Big result John for him. beat Andy Ter. Connor, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he's uh, he he's he's just... So later when we go to the standings, we'll see there's kind of a top seven now. I think it's Connor is just outside that by three or five points or something. It's a little bit more than that, but we'll so, see. Uh, we'll get on to that. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah, no bother. Uh, John, 33, Andy, 22. That's uh, as expected. Um... Mark Lossie gets 38 on Tiges, 30. Kind of a lower table battle there. Ray Foley lost to Paddy Brennan, 49-17. Nothing too exciting. Steve Lines beat Stephen Meisel by 36-33. I feel like we could win to more depth here, Steve. Whenever you're ready. Yeah, Steve Lyons looks like he's a great team there. Steve Meisel back will really need to get his shit together soon. Fuck you. Mark Gary beats Thomas Ivory, 46-20. And Mitchell Barrett gets a 33-25 or Gary Fowley. So, yeah, like Connor Skeen's result probably is the biggest in the league. The, the, the rich are getting richer in this league, as we'll see when we go up to the standings. Um, there's, there's starting to be a bit of a gap around mid-table. Yeah, yeah, there's a gap um, opening up. Well, like your yourself and Steve are first and second tied on thirty four. I'm on third on thirty two. John is coming like a freaking train. I think he's got seven games, seven wins on the bounce or something. He's on thirty one points. Eight, eight wins on the bounce out of out of his ten wins. Eight yeah. of them have been in a row. My God. So he's on ten. And you you were you were on for like six in a row. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was. I had five up until yeah. this weekend. Connell's in fifth on uh, thirty-one as well. Porrick is in sixth on thirty. Mark Gary is in seventh on thirty. Paddy Brennan's in eighth on twenty-seven, and then that's kind of where it kind of falls off a bit. You have Connor Skeen in ninth on twenty-two. Cahill in tenth on twenty-one. Mitchell in eleventh on twenty-one. Mark Clossy in twelfth on twenty-one. Tyg in thirteenth with sixteen points. It seems like whatever happens. Like in, with Tyg, whether he wins or loses, he constantly stays thirteenth. Um, interesting. It's unlucky for some. Yeah, Thomas in fourteenth with fifteen points. Owen Dillon in fifteenth with thirteen points. Andy Harrington in sixteenth with twelve points. Gary in seventeenth with six points. And Ray or Team Auto Draft in eighteenth with uh, four points. Eight games winless there for Ray. He'll be anxious to turn that around pretty soon. <laughs> Will he? Gary Fowley on a se- <laughs> Gary Fowley on a seven last streak. Also, <laughs> Thomas Thomas Ivory was. I remember a time when he was four to six losses on the trot. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't have the worst team in the. No, world. he doesn't. I remember when I played him, it was a little. It was quite close, and that was also the week when he played Paddy in the replay in the cup. And uh, he lost oh, by a yeah, point. Unfortunate. So he's just been fair, fair unlucky, I think. But um, I don't know. Like I, I still have more faith in Thomas uh, get finishing higher than I probably would in Tyg, just because he's not as eager to tink- tinker with his team and drop good players. <laughs> Will you leave Tyg alone? No, <laughs> the poor man. 
after the after yeah, the keep, after the heartbreak I went through on I need I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, keeping tabs on our Mitch versus Merrick race. Uh, Mitch on twenty one points, uh, Merrick on thirty. So it could be me singing a song at the end of this season. Uh, I think so. I believe in Mitch. I believe in Mitch. He got the win over Merrick. Even though his team is shite. Doesn't matter. Uh, he believes in the heart of the cards. <laughs> Uh, and on that yeah, and on that bombshell, we move on and have a look at this weekend's fixtures. Yeah, just one thing to point out is first to seventh. There's only four points in it, so really, it's it's anyone's league. Like it's mm. a fucking brilliant season. Let's move along. Let's look at the scores for game week fourteen. West Ham beat Chelsea three two in a fucking shit show. Newcastle beat Burnley one nil. Liverpool scraped by Wolves 1-0. Brighton at Southampton played out a one-all draw. Man City beat Watford 3-1. Leeds and Brentford was 2-2. Man United beat Crystal Palace 1-0. Spurs starting to look semi-decent beat Norwich 3-0. Villa beat Leicester 2-1. And Everton beat the Arsenal who I thought were starting to look good 2-1. We're going to start in London with West Ham versus Chelsea and try to make sense of this nonsense that went on um like it's uh, as i mentioned on last week's pod it is a great time to play chelsea and i think this might i'm not totally worried but i think this might continue for a while so yeah tiago silva scored a header then mendy just uh, off the back of a bad back pass but he should have just hoofed it and he tried to take a touch and then he lanzini got in and headed bowen got in ahead of him Oh, yeah, Unzini took the penalty. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mendy looking bad two game, two three games in a row now. Then Mason Mount scored a cracker off a Hakim Ziyech assist there just before half time. Uh, Jared Bone then leveled it up 2 2 before the f- absolutely nuts goal from Arthur, Arthur Masuaku. Didn't know his first name was Arthur. Masuaku, again, it just reminded me so much of Cissé's goal when Chelsea played Newcastle back in, like, what was that, 2012 or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, 2012, 2013, maybe? Yeah. Only Chelsea can see these ridiculous goals from the middle of nowhere that you are not, you don't know what was happening when the player hit the ball. Um, so, I'm, But I'm not annoyed about it, as, as you can tell by my, my voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I never would have guessed it on. So, yeah... It, before before we take a look at the the impact fantasy wise, what did you make of the game, Steve? Um, I thought West Ham set up the way we I I expected them to. Um, going to the back three was maybe a little bit um out of left field because they don't really play that formation often. But I think they realised against Chelsea that it would probably be effective, and for the most part, it was because it allowed Kufal and um uh Johnson. Or Johnston, I can't remember. Um, to push forward a bit more, but <clears throat> the the goal from Mount arguably could have done a bit better. Fabianski on his near post, like from that sort of angle, you have to at least you have to you have to make him shoot it across. But like Mount did really well to find the the corner on the near post. Um, yeah, it was just a it was just a weird one. Like the penalty was a clear stonewall penalty many many should have kicked it away but he was trying to be too cute and got caught out um Bowen's goal was brilliant uh, Masuaku's was just so out of left field like it, it 
I, I, I still don't know whether it was a cross or not, but like uh, I don't think it was, just judging by how 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 the the flight of the ball. Um, yeah, like it's um, it's a little, it's a small setback for Chelsea, but I don't think it's going to hamper them too much. Um, West Ham just seem to be do, be doing really well against the big teams. Like they've beaten uh, Chelsea, they've beaten Spurs, they've beaten United. They've I know Leicester maybe not a big team, but they've beaten Leicester. Like they're getting the the big scalps um, when when they need to. Um. And they're just over. They're just really solid. Dave Moyes doing a really good job. I suppose looking at it from a Chelsea point of view, um, conceding the three goals, I think that might be only the second time it's happened under Tuchel. So very uncharacteristic. Um, didn't even really do a whole lot wrong. Like, like you know, the penalty was a bit of a fluke, and so was the third goal. Bowen's goal was just really nice. It was a shot outside the box through the legs of the defender. Mendy saw it late. Um. But I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too put off on Chelsea uh, as a result of this. Like I know what you're saying that it's a good time to play Chelsea, but like you know they've got a they've got an, an not too, a decent game coming up now to try and like you know get things back on track. They're back at the bridge. Um, they've got Mount back who looked really impressive. Uh, Lukaku came off the bench um, early uh, from uh, at half time. So you know positive signs for Chelsea there. Yeah, positives and negatives. You know, like Havertz and Alonso also come off, also came off injured in this game. Uh, we had to play Cal, uh, Callum Hudson Odoi at left wing back. Um, yeah, you'd like to see Lukaku up there playing that bit of hold up play, and and you'd love to see James and Chilwell like getting to play off him and 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 scoring goals as they do. Obviously, Chilwell injured. Uh, we'll see how Alonso's back injury goes. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I would say Chelsea are unsettled now, uh, and I just hope that they can they can settle things easily enough again. I think they will. I um, think too. I think Tuchel was right in his post match press conference. He said it was um, <clears throat> the every nothing was wrong. It was just the minor details that, that that they got wrong, and I think that's it. I think it was just the minor details, and I think he's so uh, detail orientated that I fancy him to get it corrected fairly quick. I think having Mount back can't be understated. Because I think he's he makes the difference for that Chelsea side. They play so much better when he's in it. Like I know that you've got the pivot in midfield of Kante and Jorginho, and I know Jorginho is good at recycling possession and getting the ball moving. But Mount just makes things happen up in that final third of the pitch that Chelsea really, really need. Yeah, he's the best player on the pitch when when he's in a blue jersey. Uh, when is he not in a blue jersey? <laughs> For yeah, Chelsea, they play away and, and do other things when he plays charity oh, games. Uh, when he plays charity <laughs> games, we'll move on. So, when we talk about the second game, yeah, Villa versus Leicester, two-one. Gerrard will be delighted. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting now because there are a lot of players playing in this game that you'll be thinking about for fantasy that will be available in leagues. So, uh, do you want to take us through ninety minutes of thrilling action? Yeah. So. Um game started out interesting enough both sides kind of back and forth a little bit uh Leicester took the lead through Harvey Barnes from a really well worked goal really lovely finish uh into the far right corner given Martinez pretty much no chance um but <clears throat> uh Villa fought back um they had a set a cross into the box from a free kick on the left hand side and um when Dia gets a header on it 
Um, and then Kansa almost acting like a, a, a nanny when Ronaldo, uh, I don't know if you remember, oh, nanny kind of put the ball in the net for him, or Ronaldo Stole goal was ruled out for offside. Kind of doing that, except he wasn't offside. So Kansa was awarded the goal, and um, Bundia got the assist. Uh, and then from another set piece, um, I think it was, oh, I can't remember who put in the cross, John McGinn. John McGinn whips in a cross from, a, from the corner, and Kansa gets on to meet it at the back post uh, with a nice header low down into the ground, giving Schmeichel pretty much no chance but with the rebound off the ground and makes it 2-1. Um, it should be stated that at the end of the close to the end of the first half, there's a cross that goes into the box and um, there's a, a header or a shot that Schmeichel saves and he puts one hand on the ball while it's on the ground and then Watkins comes in almost simultaneously and, and hits it in for a goal. But then VAR rules it out for off, uh, not offside. VAR rules it out by saying that he had possession. But and I think in terms of the the way that the rule is written, he's probably correct. But for me, I don't know. I just I thought it was soft, and I thought he didn't have full control of it. Um, keeper only really has full control for me when they have two hands on the ball, which he didn't. And then he complained that um, that he got hit in the hand. Uh, well when that happened but if you look at the replay there's absolutely no way that that happens so so he just lied Um, but yeah Leicester just need to get it sorted out I think they've conceded the most goals from set piece of any team in the league and it hurt them again here like they tried Pat Sandaka up front who in the first half looked promising he was kind of running around and pressing and doing all the Jamie Vardy usual stuff but he kind of fell off in the second half so you can tell he's not up to Premier League standard just yet Probably why the Europa League suits him a bit better right now. But he'll get there. Um, but yeah, Leicester just kind of need to figure out how to, what to do. Like they, they they need to start training on how to defend these set pieces. But from a Villa perspective, yeah, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of um, players to like uh, to like there. Matty Cash, uh, Matt Target on the, uh, the fullbacks. Like you've got the front four of uh, Ings, uh, Watkins, Buendia, Bailey, who's obviously out injured at the moment, but... Um, there's a fair few assets that um, are that look nice for Villa. Won three of their last four, and their losses against Man City in a game that they arguably should have drawn. So a great start to life under Gerrard. I think it's interesting just how fast they are in attack now. Yeah, and and I see McGinn no longer is is in that kind of pivot role. He he was he was moved up a little further up the pitch in this game, and he got an assist in it. So maybe he's worth picking up there in the midfield. Buendia, who, you know, looks like kind of a nothing player there for a long time, in terms of fantasy at least. He also gets the assist in this game. Um, yeah, Watkins, I think it, I think like Danny Ings being injured is, is certainly doing Watkins a lot of favours. And I, I don't know that I, do I see him dislodging Watkins. He, he's just so active and busy and big and strong and he's perfect for, for what Gerard wants in this team I think. yeah exactly because him uh, and Buendia both yeah. press with a lot of energy on the front oh, of the front a lot of flares. and um, what that means is then that that allows like the, the the other teams then aren't able to play through them as easy they kind of have to go around to the wings to try and play through that press and like you know if a, if a striker's in form you just can't drop him like you know if, if Watkins is playing well and if he's scoring goals like you'd like there's no argument like you have to play him but we'll see how that goes when Ings comes back absolutely 
I expect a little bit of a change up in, in Leicester's front line. I, I'm not sure that Dacca and Luckman will be able to hold down their spots. Surely Verdi comes in now to take Dacca's spot. Um, just wondering if fantasy-wise, like, would, would you be inclined to pick up Luckman now and, and, and just see how this Leicester attack goes going forward? Or, like, you know, Iose I Perez and Ihianacho just aren't getting the minutes, so... Yeah, I mean, it might be the one player that's that's kind of floating around. Yeah, yeah, that le- that right hand side is kind of up for grabs because Barnes is kind of nailed on a place on the left, Madison through the middle, Vardy up top. So that four two three one formation, that's the right hand side is kind of up for grabs. Uh, Adam Oluwakpo's been out there and done decent enough, but when you consider the competition that he's up against, uh, it's not great. And like this is a position that they've tried to address. Like, do you remember they got in Chengi's under? Uh, last season alone and that was just a complete disaster it's like you know and then they've brought in Luckman this time and kind of looks like he's not much better Perez they bought for 30 million from Newcastle and has looked kind of a bust considering his price tag so like this is a position that they've tried to address a few times now and for a, 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 a team like Leicester who are normally very good at recruiting it's just a bit odd but um, yeah that's that's all I have to say on that matter really yeah, yeah. Usually Leicester, of course. Uh, in years gone by, if someone went to Leicester, you were keeping a close eye on them. But uh, interesting that, that a few moves haven't worked out. We'll move on to the the City Watford game three one. This is where I got most of my points this week in fantasy football. Bernardo Silva with two, and Sterling also getting on the score sheet. He seems to be returning to favour. Uh, what do you make of this one, Steve? Yeah, City classy throughout the game. Um, dominated possession and pinned uh, Watford back in their own half for the entire game, pretty much. Um, uh, I think Foden got the assist for the first goal and then Bilva just individual effort for the second goal. Uh, brilliant finish into the, the top uh, right-hand corner. Um, Sterling got the first goal no, Sterling got the first goal, sorry. And then Bilva got the second and third. And then they kind of just put the foot on, uh, took the foot off the gas. Wofford kind of played back into the game a little bit and got a, a nice goal. Um, as a Checo or Chico Hernandez um, went through, ha- had a shot saved, but was uh, smart enough to follow up the rebound. Or no, it wasn't saved, it hit the post. And he followed up and got the rebound. Apologies, now my memory's a bit hazy on this game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like City this week in fantasy football. cruised, really. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even... Well, the clean sheet from Cancelo would have been nice. I was pretty much banking on that, considering who they were playing. But look, these things happen. Um, but yeah, like Bilva is the second best player in the league, Barcelona, uh, in my opinion. He's just playing out of his skin and making it look like they don't even miss Kevin De Bruyne, which is no mean feat. Uh, Sterling, uh, a few goals now in his last few appearances. He's kind of playing his way back into form. Um, and when you consider all the rumours that were about him going to Barcelona or leaving Man City, that's interesting. Uh, Grealish is back, came back on for a bit. Foden's back. Kevin De Bruyne came on for a bit. So City are starting to get like full, full strength. And that's just a scary sight when that happens because they can just rotate so easily and not really miss a beat, you know. Yeah, and, and they've kind of locked down their back four as well in Walker, Diaz, Laporte, Cancelo. So yeah, if if they get their shit together, they're 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 going to be a force indeed. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> there's no point. I suppose I was going to try and and say what what's their best front three, but of course there's going to be Pep Roulette throughout. But yeah, 
is it worth now picking up some of the city boys that might have been dropped I think I, I don't know is Sterling available, still available in some of the leagues uh, Mares I reckon is knocking about it's, you know because they are they're going to start scoring yeah, three Mares four goals a game not. yeah like it's interesting because I think Sterling's probably been dropped by a lot of people in across the leagues and probably the same for Mares uh, Sterling probably starts a bit more than Mares does in my opinion just the way they they rotate things but I mean like yeah, that that front three is impossible to predict when you've got Grealish, Foden, Jesus, Sterling, Mares. Like just yeah, so, and then you like sometimes they throw Kevin De Bruyne up there to make room for someone else in midfield. It's just it's crazy. But like the there the, there are options there if you're if you're keen and you keep an eye on the road. For example, what they what they play in Europe, which tonight I think is. Um, Grealish, Mares, and Foden. So, like you know, they're probably not going to start at the weekend, for example. You know. Yeah, exactly. Monitoring the the Champions League to see who you'd pick up. Uh, we'll be touching on Watford as well in the attacks we like later on. So uh, maybe we'll leave that for then. Um, will we move on from game week fourteen, Steve? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go and preview next weekend's fixtures. All right, it's time to pick out three attacks and three defenses that we're like the look of and maybe get involved in our teams for the weekend ahead. Uh, so I'll just bring you down through the fixtures that we're going to have in game week 15. Uh, we have Brentford hosting Watford, City take on Wolves, Chelsea versus Leeds, Liverpool will take on Villa, Arsenal, Southampton, Norwich host Man United, Burnley versus West Ham, Leicester versus Newcastle. Brighton will take on Spurs and Palace versus Everton. So, um, uh, you know, first time in a while, there's no big games this weekend, Steve, would you say? Um, <clears throat> yeah, like potentially the most interesting game out of the three is Liverpool-Villa because Villa have been going well and sees Gerrard return to Anfield. But bar that, yeah, like there's no standout game for me there. Like... Yeah, all the, the all the top five or six are in games that they should be winning. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, it's a quiet enough week. Yeah, we we could see a, a high scoring fantasy week. Um, so yeah, the the three attacks that we we've picked out here are Leicester, Chelsea, and Watford. We touched on Leicester already, and they have a. Uh, Conference League this week, I think, or are they in Europa League? They're in Europa League, uh, where they need a win. So Europa League, they got fifth. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, a bit of predicting to do on uh, who might get a game. It could be a good opportunity now for the likes of Ihi and Acho and Perez to get a game when they go to take on Newcastle. Uh, will, will you be looking at anyone in particular here, Steve? Well, I've already got Madison and Vardy, so I can't afford to look again. But I, I I do think the way that they're going, they have to start Vardy. Like, he's their best striker. And I know they're playing in the Europa League against Napoli on Thursday, but, like, they're in a bit of a rut at the moment and they need to get out of it. And I think he, I think he has to play. I think Barnes will play. Madison will probably play. I think that right-hand side, like you mentioned before, is probably a bit open for interpretation. Could see Perez come in there. You have to keep an eye on what they do in the Europa League fixture on Thursday. Who plays then? Um, but like they're they're an interesting um, 
they're an interesting side and they're going up against the Newcastle side that, you know, does concede goals. So there's definitely an opportunity there, like because they themselves will probably concede goals. And so that means they kind of have to score more than one. Like, I don't think anyone in Leicester is thinking when they score and go one nil up that they're thinking, ah, yeah, this is grand. (laughs) No, they know that they have to go and get more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I was interested myself. I was looking at Luckman, uh, potentially as a midfielder to replace Fornells in my team, um, who's you know is 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 just one of those players that I'm not fond of despite his form. Um, so I, I I can't afford to to get in the likes of Perez or Hiannaccio in for a forward. I can't drop any of mine, which is a good place to be. So uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested to see what happens on that right hand side, as you pointed out there, but. Uh, bit open to interpretation so um the next attack we said we wouldn't mention the big boys in this section but chelsea's attack is just so difficult to try and predict so we're, we're gonna try it uh <laughs> once again um <laughs> we'll give it our best shot um exactly, yeah. chelsea are playing leads who are yeah they they they're at home like you know you're, you're gonna ba- fancy them to get the, the clean here um you know, I think Lukaku is back. Um, I think they have... Am I right in saying, Owen, that they've already secured qualification for the Champions League knockouts so they can afford to rotate players? Yeah, yeah. So they'll 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 surely be given, you know, Werner and Ziyech and Gallum Hudson-Odoi, that kind of a front three, a run out in, in the Champions League. And you'll be hoping Lukaku, Mount, etc. Uh, are, are, are going to Leeds and... Well, no, they're taking on leads at home, but they're you're putting the stronger men up up top there in that game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Havertz is fit or not. But I reckon it's probably going to be Lukaku, Mount, and Werner. Maybe depends uh, what they want to do during the midweek. Yeah, I think you'll see Pulisic midweek. Um, Hudson Odoi might get a run out midweek. Um, It'll be interesting to see, on what they want to try and do with that left wing-back slot. Because if Marcos Alonso is injured, is Callum Hudson-Odoi the next man up? If he was any good, he would be. Um, but uh, I think he proved against West Ham that he's just not up to that job. So uh, you, 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 so they put you Azpilicueta out of left wing-back? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm racking my brains here to think like who else is, is going to get that job and... Could be Aspilicueta. He has played. He has played a left back for Chelsea before. Um, at Reese James on the other side. Although you'd prefer to rest him in in a game that's meaningless. So yeah, it's it's a strange one. You could even see the likes of Pulisic over there, which would be kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be interested. Yeah, to it see. would be. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's definitely worth considering. Like looking at the Chelsea lineup on Wednesday, and then seeing who is and isn't playing, and then looking at seeing who might be available to you in your leagues or your waivers. Yeah, especially to a, a, a continuously leaky leads. Uh, so the last and one of the most interesting attacks is is Watford. They've been <laughs> they've been giving a lot of people trouble the last the last few weeks. Uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 Dennis Sarr and uh, King are, are I think the three main men you're looking at here. Uh, probably Dennis and Sarr, the two that you'd be going for. Although they will be taking up one of your forward slots. I reckon they'll they'll put a good few past Brentford, who have been faltering the these past few weeks. Any thoughts, Steve? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think the same. Really, like you think if you look at it here. 
uh, in terms of fantasy points, Dennis has scored 63 and Josh King has scored 49. You know, they both outscored um, Jimenez, Mope, Adam Armstrong, Ivan Tony. So, like, they're they're doing all right. Like, you know, they're not doing bad. Um, obviously, Sar is injured, so he's not going to be playing. But, like, those two, uh, as well as the the guy who came on and scored for for them against City, uh, is it Chico or Checo Hernandez? Um, he's he's another potential option. Like they're like they're they're playing well. Like you know, when they got the the win against United, you kind of saw what they were capable of. And you know, obviously they weren't in the game against Chelsea really until they were three 0 down. But like if they continue to play the way they're playing, they'll do enough to stay in the league. I think. And um, that front three of Dennis King and Sarah will be a big part of it. Yeah, like they're they're they'll be an, they'll be an exciting team to watch. They'll concede plenty and they'll score quite a few as well. So uh, yeah, keep a close eye on them. The three defenses that we liked are Arsenal, Man United, and West Ham. So uh, Kieran Tierney recently returning for Arsenal, uh, getting assist an assist there in the Everton game where they lost two one. But uh, they'll be hosting Southampton, who aren't in the best of form. Only got the one past Brighton. Um, what do you think, Steve? Will, will, will it be a back four of, of Tierney, Gabriel, White and uh, Tamiyasu? Or, or will they try something else? Yeah. No, I think this is the <clears throat> that's the setback four. Yeah, so Tierney will have to start, and then like I wouldn't change anything about the setback uh, for, or sorry, in terms of centre back partnership with Gabriel and White, um, they're working pretty well together. So I wouldn't, especially because Arsenal aren't playing midweeks. There's no real need to rotate for, unless you want to try and get minutes under other centre backs like Pablo Mari or I don't know, like, but I just wouldn't. <laughs> Tomiyasu is our. Uh, best right back and arguably our only right back so he definitely starts so and like you know they're at home against Southampton um it's a game they really should be looking to win and probably win to nil so I do fancy them to get a clean sheet here yeah I personally have Gabriel who will be starting although on waivers I think I'll be I'm not sure whether or not to go for Tierney due to his, his injuries and just how good Tavares is maybe there'll be a little bit of rotation there um I'll, I'll see how the waiver wire goes um yeah that's well a little tid well a little thing to take note is that like if Tierney starts he might not finish the game Tavares might come on kind of like he did against Everton so if Arsenal are winning a game like one or two nil and they take Tierney off like you know that's your clean sheet banked before the game's over you know that's interesting once it's not the 59th exactly yeah um, United are the next one then, just purely because they're playing. Excuse me, they're playing Norwich uh, away, and because there's likely to be a United defender available in everyone's league, it's definitely something that you would um, you would be looking to do, uh, make a move for. I would be anyway if I had a, a fifth defender available. Um, just a no-brainer, really. Don't really. Shouldn't really have to go into too much detail about why I think the way it, I, I am, but. Um, yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah, so I, I, I'd be thinking about one of the fullbacks. Uh, like Dallow apparently has looked good the last few games, although I haven't got to watch him. Tell it. Dallow's a class. Yeah. Dallow has uh, Dallow has proved the point that if Juan Basaka could attack, uh, he'd be he'd be <laughs> nearly starting for England because 
United get so much possession in games and they just never know. They just, you know, teams know that they're never going to attack down the right hand side because Wambasaka can't put in a cross. Whereas Dallow is very good at whipping in a ball or getting involved on the attacking side of things. Yeah, that adds great value to a team. I'm surprised that Tellers, you know, came to Man United in a big price tag as far as I remember and, and just hasn't hasn't taken off at all. Shaw kept him out of the team quite easily. So, um, yeah, it's about could be about time to start thinking about a Man United defender again. I, I used one of my higher draft options to bring in Maguire at the start of the season. So, uh, let's see, let's see. Um... Yeah, the other United that we're looking at in, in defence is, is West Ham. Uh, they travel to Burnley, uh, who I don't think have it in them to, to take on. Uh, West Ham played a back five against Chelsea. I'm not sure if they'll do that again. But yeah, there'll certainly be options available in the West Ham defence, given all the injuries that are there as well. Yeah, no, I think um, I just fancy West Ham in this game to keep a clean sheet against a poor Burnley side. Um, they they're flying it at the moment. Like you know, they're they're do, going really well. Um, they you did make a point that they're probably a little bit light on bodies. Like I think uh, they'll be hoping Cresswell be back fit for this game. I'm not sure how long he'll be. He was supposed to be out for, but they've lost uh, Johnston. So um, you know they had Masuaku in there who you know scored the winner. So you're not going to be too upset. So you're like you've got Masuaku. Um, you've got Zuma, you've got uh, Dawson, and you've got Kufal, kind of like a setback four. But like um, those are the main guys you'd be going for. Um, you know, Fabianski can can could be rotated for Ari Ariola just purely based on his performance against Chelsea. There, conceding those couple of goals. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I do fancy them to do something in this game. Yeah, and and fair play to the West Ham side for for still looking this solid, even with Cresswell and Agbana, and and I'm not sure about Diapi. You know, out of the team, they're still looking very solid. Fabianski's a, a, a decent keeper as well, so yeah, I'd be, I'd be back in a, a clean sheet here. Um, yeah, that's 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 our three attacks and defenses. Right. Anything else to add, Steve? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Will we move on and have a look uh, at the uh, the cup draw for? for our league and as well as our matchups. Ooh, cup draw, let's go. Now let's do our cup draw for the quarterfinal of the cup. We have eight remaining teams. Uh, it's going to take place this weekend, game week 16. Uh, I think myself and you, Steve, are both knocked out of it. Uh, Steve will be doing the honours this time of drawing yeah. the numbers or drawing the names because... Uh, my googling skills weren't that fantastic okay. last time, so I'll, I'll let him take over, take over for one <laughs> week at least. It'll be it'll be easier for me because there's only eight as opposed to sixteen. So Steve can go. only count first to number 10. is seven, which is John, and John will be playing Paddy. Decent matchup. Uh, yeah, next two, number two of the is bigger swingers there. Mark Classy. He will be playing Owen Dillon. Meh. So <laughs> the next uh, number is Mark Clossy. Sorry, Mark Gary. Apologies, Mark, Mark Gary. He will be playing Cahill. It's a big matchup too now. Go on, Cahill. Go on, go on. So that leaves only Connor 
versus Connell in the final matchup of the quarterfinals for the cup to be played this weekend, game week 16. Okay, yeah, Connell, Connell won the cup last year, I believe, uh, against Cahill. He did. So, yeah, I just hit with them on a, on a deep he cup did, yeah. run. Connor Skeen will be happy now if he, if he gets by Connell. Uh, it'll be interesting John is on such a good run it's hard to see Paddy being able to keep up with it um, yeah that's that's uh, interesting for game week 16 ahead it sure is will we um, will I just run us through the uh, the matchups for the league this weekend so on then we can talk about our teams sounds good Alright, so I, I'll, I'll be playing uh, Andy Harrington this week and what will hopefully be a bounce-back win for me after my uh, my heartbreaking loss to Steve Lyons, which saw me knocked off top spot. Uh, Cahill Connolly will be going up against John Scanlon in a, a match that we'll be seeing as happening this weekend. Mitchell Barr will be taking on Team Autodraft uh, in a hope to get closer to Mark Clossy to uh, redeem some honour for Owen making a terrible bet. Um, Mark Gary will be taking on Connor Skeen. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how I feel about that because I, I don't want Mark to catch me, but I also don't want Mitch to catch Mark. So I'm kind of in a lose lose situation, really. Uh, Owen Dillon will be playing yourself, Owen, in a, a, a match that you should be winning pretty comfortably. And win. <clears throat> uh, we all know which Owen's going to win that. Uh, Paddy Brennan is going to be taking on Connell this weekend in a, a very interesting fixture. Maybe a little tricky one for Connell, but he'll, I'm sure he'll be confident because he's confident about everything. Porrick <laughs> um, will be taking on Steve Lyons in a very tricky matchup uh, for Steve after just getting out by the skin of his teeth, getting a win. Uh, Tyg will be playing on Tom, playing Thomas after the conversation we had earlier in the in the league about the league and Tyg and Thomas. Uh, that's interesting. That'll be yeah. funny. And then uh, we have Gary playing Mark Lossy in a, a housemate uh, matchup. So yeah, a few nice, a uh, few nice fixtures going on there. Uh, no, noticeably yeah. easier fixtures for myself and yourself. Tougher ones for for Connell and Steve. Yeah, there's a, a nice few housemate derbies as well. You have the Bruna Groot on, the Bruna Groot on there with Tig taking on Thomas. Other side of the same estate, you've Gary taking on Mark Clossy. Um Yeah, hopefully it could mm. be it could be a week that could see myself and yourself pull a little clear there at the top of the table. But um, yeah, John, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, see. I hope so, but I don't see it happening. Yeah. Can Cahill prevent John getting nine wins on the trot? This this will be the longest streak we've ever seen in fantasy. It might already be the longest streak we've seen in fantasy football eight wins i think uh, it has to be so uh will call upset that trend um I'd, I'd be hoping to put on dylan away fairly easily paddy and connell will be an exciting one as well as you mentioned so uh yeah these exciting is much more <laughs> these exciting these fixture, fixtures much more exciting than the <laughs> ones we were talking about in the premier league i think <laughs> yeah uh, I think there's a bit more spice in this one, maybe because we're involved personally. But I actually just think that there are better matchups than what the what the Premier League is offering this weekend. So hopefully some high scores, just not for my, just not for Andy. <laughs> a few, a few um, spicy meatballs. I'll, uh, I'll run. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll run you down through my team very quickly because I don't anticipate much change happening. I'll be starting Ramsdale against Southampton. 
Um, I'm looking to start Reese James and Thiago Silva against Leeds. Uh, I'll start Joe Cancelo against Wolves, and I'll start Andy Robertson against Villa. Um, at the moment, uh, <clears throat> I'm starting Jared Bowen and Madison. Bowen is playing Burnley. Madison's playing Newcastle. I'll be starting Salah because I'm not insane uh, against Villa. Um, Rashford against Norwich. Hopefully, he does something for me. Uh, Vardy uh, will play against Newcastle, and then Callum Wilson likewise. So I'll be hoping for a bit of a shootout in that game. <clears throat> um, on my bench, I have Matip, first sub, uh, Sancho, third sub, and Smith Rowe, second sub. Uh, Smith Rowe is a game time decision whether he plays against um, Southampton. So that's why he's on the bench. Although I kind of, I'll see how that goes. If he's fit, I'll dabble with the idea, maybe giving him a start. But I, I, yeah, yeah, not too, not too confident about that at the moment. Even though he is a good player, what do you think, Owen? I don't see you getting a wink sleep over your sub decisions here. <laughs> After the weekend we've had, <laughs> no, me neither. Oh, I, I I couldn't argue with that. One. That's why I wanted you to do it for me. <laughs> we mentioned a bit of a shootout there between Leicester and Newcastle. We were back in the Leicester attack in that one. Uh, surely no clean sheets in that game. Um, sorry, I'm forgetting who United. Are. Oh yeah, yeah. You, oof. Did you say you're benching Sancho? Norwich. I am, yeah. Bold. Yeah, so, uh, bench Salah. Bring in Sa- Sancho, triple captain. Triple captain and draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, 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 just do it. I mean, you're, you're, you have so many questions. This is why you're not, you know, dominating as you should be. Only <laughs> um, <laughs> two points behind you. What's your lineup looking like, though? So? My lineup is looking fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty unchanged. I'll be giving Allison, leaving Allison in goals against Aston Villa, I think. He's been in goals for almost every single one of my games. Then I have uh, Eric Dyer playing at centre back there against Brighton. Uh, we'll give him a goal. I have Gabriel, as I mentioned, uh, against Southampton, thinking about that tyranny swap. Double City defence against Wolves because Wolves don't really score. Obviously, Bernardo Silva is going to get a game against Wolves. Conor Gallagher, I like the sound of against Everton, despite Crystal Palace not doing the stuff, so maybe I'll think about subbing him out. Kai Havertz, uh, I hope, is back after his ankle injury uh, for their game against Leeds. Ronaldo, Mane and Son will play against Norwich, Villa and Brighton, Hove Albion, respectively. I have Bamford as my first sub, because they're playing Chelsea, that's why he's sitting on the bench. Fornal, second sub, who I've been talking about getting rid of. And Tariq Lamptey, third sub. You know what, Lamptey's just cool and I wanted him and I don't really play him and I don't know what the story is, but I'm going to keep him. He's like a toy that you wanted for a really long time and then you finally got it and you realise it was a bit shit. So you just don't really use it as much as you should. And then your mum goes, what, are they, what about that toy I bought for you? And you're like, ah, don't like it. Look, I'm playing with it. Now get me the new Livramento. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Would you argue with any of those decisions? No, not really. It seems like a fairly, uh, fairly straightforward, um, fairly straightforward lineup. Are you, are you still debating getting rid of four nails? Uh, I'm humming and hawing. Like you know, I was talking about a Leicester, a Leicester midfielder there, but there's nothing really there. I was monitoring the situation with Cole Palmer, Palmer there, but uh, he's not getting the game. Who? Uh, 
every time and it gets me for a second every time too <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great uh, uh, yeah but maybe Lenzini maybe Lenzini <laughs> what about a bar chart Do you know I... <laughs> exactly yeah but uh I prefer to have Lenzini now than Farnells I just don't like him I don't uh, know if he, Lanzini he, he, he starts as much as uh, Fornals, though. Fornals is a bit more of a all-round midfielder, whereas Lanzini's a bit more of a, 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 a number 10. So, you know, maybe. it's The, the, the three-at-the-back formation suited him, but I don't know when they play regularly with four-at-the-back, if it will. Yeah, we'll have to see how that pans out. Um, as I say, I just, I just don't like Fornals probably playing a bit deep there. He can sometimes play in the pivot. As uh, he was brought on to play that uh, that role against Chelsea, yeah, not really. He typically so. it's typically Susek and Rice in the pivot in midfield. So Fornals will typically be on the on the left <clears throat> of the front of the three behind Antonio. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. I'm, I'm just he, he's giving me Telemans vibes. He's just sitting there giving me those. Maybe if Lingard goes to Newcastle, I'll pick him up. That'll be my nice little bench player. <laughs> Fair enough, you're going to wait until January, so. Own. Yep, I'm going to sit in my hands until then. Yeah, that's that's my lineup for game week 16. Uh, I think we're coming to a natural conclusion, Steve. I think so, won't we? sign off here and, and get going? Yeah, I was, just, I was just going to remind you that you lost to Steve Lines and then, yeah, signed off. <sighs> oh, God, I knew it was coming. Jesus Christ. Can we just not end the pod, please? End my suffering. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, there'll be a bonus pod for the subscribers that get an extra in-depth look on the, the Stevening that was last night. <laughs> Very good. Ihawa. Bye, everyone. <laughs>